0: Welcome back to another episode of Neil Sold Radio. This is your host, Kyrie Nashim, aka Neil Sold, and we are here with Adela.
1: Hi, my name is Adela. Pronouns are
0: And you are a DJ, you're a fashion designer, you're just an overall creative, but you can go ahead and explain it yourself. Who are you and what brings you here?
1: Yeah. Hey everyone, my name is Adela. My DJ name is also Adela. A lot of people say Fordilla. I'm okay with that, but I'm trying to encourage people to say adela. It's like another six lakh situation. Mm. Um, But yeah, so I used to make clothes. I'm really into DJing right now. I did digital art for a really long time, painting drawing tagging graffiti like you name it i've done
0: it yeah yeah and i mean i actually met you way back in 2020 you had me model for you i'm so blessed to have watched your growth and just seeing you go into yourself and just grow as an artist can you describe how that transition was from you know designing clothes to doing these live music performances
1: yeah um so i first got into clothes when i was about I want to say sixteen, seventeen, And when I did my clothes, my name was Island Bronze at the time. Yeah, I
0: was, yes. Um,
1: really connected to like me being Sri Lankan, uh, me being South Asian, me being Muslim, uh, me kind of finding my place as a first gen kid in the world. And so I resorted to my clothes um, because I came up with this very particular design of like a hijabi with her eyes kind of bulging out Mm. um so I put that on all my clothes and I got really into spray painting for a really long time but I feel like once I moved out to San Francisco in 2020 I couldn't make clothes anymore because I didn't have a backyard to spray paint um (laughs) I was in an apartment in Park Merced so I couldn't I couldn't work with the materials that I had and so I took a really long break from art like in 2021 I was kind of like done with art like I Mm. didn't think that I would want to create ever again why is that I feel like when I was 16 and when I created like Island Bronze that was a part of my identity that was really angry. Oh, really? Um I was really mm. angry. I was really I was just in a really bad like mental state and I feel like the art that I created had a lot of that emotion with it. Mm. Um just a lot of like trauma within it. I was really really vulnerable in my pieces and I shared that with the world and mm-hmm. I just wasn't ready to open that can of worms again and I just wasn't ready to like build off of that again and I kind of want to just like, okay, Island Bronze is past me I want to be my own person now, like I just Mm want to make art to make art I just want to create stuff for fun rather than like, oh, I'm creating this with the meaning behind it for my people, for my community Mm -hmm. because there's just so much pain in that Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I made the best pieces when I was in the worst state (laughs) Um, So now that I'm in a better state, I found it harder to make art because I'm like, oh, I'm happy now. I don't have any substance to work with. I was always really into music like as a kid my dad and my uncle were probably like the biggest influences in my life and then in late 2021 I started to go to more DJ sets and more like underground raves in Oakland and the East Bay and I really fell in love with the craft of it and the community behind it too yeah. um, and I would always go to like queer like women DJ sets and I just remember feeling so safe and feeling like I can just dance even though I'm not a good dancer I could just dance and feel comfortable and I really wanted to create that atmosphere. So my interest in DJing kind of started in like November 2021 and it was always just a thought in the back of my head. Just like, oh, you know, it's just one of those thoughts. Like I can get on Ox at a party and I'll have everyone dancing. Right, right, um, right. But I didn't take it seriously until December when I really wanted to start getting into it. And then I started watching like a bunch of YouTube videos and like boiler room sets and getting really inspired by it. And I was actually going to save up to buy a controller. And then my best friend, Hans, Shout out to 2K Hanzi. Shout uh, out to. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he gifted me a controller for Christmas. Oh, what? And that's how my dj journey oh my God. started see, that
0: is so meaningful you know <laughs> and i feel like you always felt it within yourself but sometimes it takes that other person exactly. to just see that light in you and pay it forward in that way where are you from originally before you were in san francisco
1: so i'm from the east bay i am from Castro valley so okay. i was born and raised in Castro valley and then yeah i moved to san francisco for school in 2020
0: okay okay and you know amongst your friends and your family your peers mm-hmm. How have they reacted to your art? Were they supportive? Did you have a lot of naysayers or?
1: This is actually really funny. (laughs) So at (laughs) first, my parents were like, oh, you started DJing, like you're gonna get in the club scene, you're gonna get in nightlife. And it was just really funny because, I mean, my parents never really supported my art because you know, they're Mm. immigrants and they see art and they're just like, you're not gonna make money. Mm. And they're kind of like worried about that aspect. And then when Hans gave me my controller, I saw my dad fiddling around with it. Oh, really? (laughs) And so my dad was actually really interested in it. um, And my uncle was super excited for me. I remember I was just like, I got a Pioneer DDJ 400. And I showed him and he Mm. was like, oh, my God, like, I wanted this so bad. Like, you're so lucky. Mm. I'm just like, why did you get it? He's like, he looked at me dead. He's like, I was poor. (laughs)
0: He's like,
1: sorry. But now I feel like my family especially my dad, he's gotten a lot more supportive of it because he sees how much joy it brings me. Mm. And he's gained that trust in me that, you know, regardless of what I do in my life, I'm always going to be on my feet and I have a good head on my shoulders. So Mm. he actually sends me DJ sets now. Um, My peers, like my friends, they were really supportive. Like I'm really lucky to have um, my best friend, like Tariq was definitely by my side, like rooting me on, cheering me on. Like he really pushed me and encouraged me to take part in it. And all of my friends, you know, like San Francisco and in my hometown, they showed up for my first DJ set in March and like my best friend Sergio and Annika actually um, were the ones to have me play my first set at their party. So yeah, I've been showered with nothing but love, but also that Kind of doubt and criticism from my family but i feel like that doubt and criticism just makes me want to perfect my craft even more
0: oh wow yes beautifully spoken so you basically you use it as your fuel to keep going yeah. and your djing your music has kind of been a means for you and your dad to connect in a new way yeah 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 it's yeah. very beautiful very powerful do you have anything as a dj that personally irritates you just the behavior of people <laughs>
1: Something that I definitely like gets on my nerves is when people get like mad at you at a set or, you know, they'll be like, can you play? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't mm-hmm. take requests right now. They're like, oh, this DJ's ass. That entitlement, I feel like from people, it definitely irritates me, but I try not to let it get to me because I try to understand, okay, you know, a lot of people don't see DJing as a way to bring people together. They see Mm. it as, I want to hear my favorite song play. Mm. Um, And I'm trying to change that narrative. I DJ because I want people to feel safe. I want to start a community. I want people to walk away from my sets just being like, oh my god, like, that was an experience. I don't want it to just be like, I'm here to hear my favorite song or I'm here to hear the music and that's it. I want it to be like immersive and I want people to kind of really respect the craft of it and enjoy the craft of it. So something that definitely irritates me is when that is negated and that's kind of just ignored. And DJing is just seen as like a monetary thing or just like an in the moment thing that won't Mm -hmm. carry on with you. So yeah, I would just say, you know, the disrespect for the craft of DJing Um, And the entitlement of just, you know, like, why are you talking to a DJ like that? Come on. (laughs) Right, right.
0: Where's the respect? Where's the respect? And I understand you just got back from New York City, correct? I did. Yes, yeah. yes. And I seen that you were connecting with the DJ scene out there. Yeah. What was that like for you, and how does it compare to the Bay Area?
1: Oh my God, New York. I was there <laughs> Thursday through Sunday, so a really short trip. I was staying out in Bed Stuy in Brooklyn with my friend Amaya. It was really crazy. Um, New York is definitely like more bustling. Like there's just so much more people. It's so much more populated. There's so many more creatives. There's so many DJs out there. And yeah. I. Didn't really um, get to meet a lot of different DJs, but Really? I did actually meet one of my biggest inspirations, Annabelle Klein, on okay. the train.
0: Sha- what? Yeah, that is like some on crazy universal yeah. synchronicity. I was like like... a
1: lot is telling me something yes. right now because to run into someone that I looked up to on a train, like with millions of people that take it every day. So she's a music curator. Um, She started that good shit, which is like her music business. And I just really admire her for having that respect for music. Mm -hmm. And so she was having a disco house DJ set. And she, the whole thing was just, Again, you know, like, do you want to hear, like, women and queer DJs, like, come out to the set? The DJ scene is really heavily male-dominated, so mm-hmm. this is going to be a space for, like, women and queer people just to come together. I actually wasn't going to go to her set because it was $20 and I
0: was running low on funds. Oh, man. I was oh. met her on the train
1: and I was just like, I wanted to come to your set, but, like, I didn't have money. She was like, I'll put you on my guest list.
0: Oh, that's so nice of her. And wow. the
1: moment I walked in, it was just, like, pink and purple lights mm-hmm. and... It was, like, the sound of it, like, it was just so bubbly, Mm -hmm. I think is, like, the the best way to put it, like, bubbly disco house. It was amazing, like, I'll never forget that night. And even though I only got a chance to see one DJ set out there, New York, it's a lot more dense and it's a lot more popular.